This podcast is brought to you by Rehoy and Son, big supporters of local sport. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks to Rehoy and Son for their support this season. A final football pod of the season for you this week and plenty to discuss. Coming up, we'll bring you our team of the year alongside revealing the winners of our prestigious Guernsey Press Football Awards back for a second season. We'll also check in on Mayor Letitia and Alex Scott as ever and reflect on how the season finished up in Jersey as well. Uh, more besides, I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me is Gary. Gareth Prevo. Hi, Tony. James Fowler. Hi, Tony. And Rob Batiste. Hi, Tony. Uh, great to see you all. Um, let's start with the uh, bigger picture, though. We had plenty of feedback to last week's Marathi debrief pod. Um, Jim, what did you make of the reaction to that discussion? Um, I, uh, am I contractually obliged to say that well done St Peter for being uh, all conquering but, uh, to be fair it seems that they're all great fans of the show so uh, we do appreciate that so well done St Peter just for, for the official record um, yeah uh, great to see it seems that people like us being a bit uh, controversial so hopefully they'll enjoy today's show as well <laughs> um, right yeah before we come on to our awards um, let's just check in on um, our two big stars Alex Scott and England begin their under 20 World Cup campaign against Tunisia tonight while for mayor Letitia and man united they've taken the wsl title race to the final day um, and secured champions league football for the first time after a thrilling derby victory yesterday in which uh, the guernsey defender um, had a big hand gareth uh, yeah really catching the eye particularly towards the end yeah when um, man city are on the break and then scores one all in the 90th minute um mayor Letitia basically came to the rescue for man united with a brilliant block on um city star striker bunny shaw who's um, up for the uh, WSL Player of the Year award so um, she was certainly favourite to score in, in that particular moment but Mayer um, threw herself in the way made a brilliant block and two minutes later United were up the other end scoring a scoring the winner and the first ever win against City in a, in a WSL derby and they're now two points behind Chelsea with one match to go so they're sort of still in with a, a chance of the title they're very much underdogs Chelsea are the reigning champions and will be favourites when they go to Reading next Saturday but uh, yeah it was uh, it was great to see Mayer and uh, all the people on Sky were very um, very praising of her and that particular uh, intervention yeah I mean it couldn't have really gone sort of better for her this season could it and um, yeah bouncing back from the disappointment of that FA Cup final defeat to um, yeah to, to sort of go better than they've ever gone in the league and, and as I say who did they lose the to can you mention oh, uh... some other club I think so, the Chelsea juggernaut um, yeah who, who roll on there um, as for Alex Scott, uh, as we say, Tunisia, the first opponents for the England under-20s tonight. Um, that one, well, I think the whole tournament's streaming live on FIFA Plus, um, which I think is the best place to go. There was some talk of it being on Eurosport, but I can't find it in the schedule and I've looked about 10 times. So I'm not sure what's going on there. No. Um, but yeah, no no, uh, yeah, no support from Chelsea on that one. No, yeah, we'll mention Chelsea on that one. The fact they won't allow their best players to go and play for England, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's going to uh, yeah, wave that one away. No comment. <laughs> That's going to be a really interesting um, and exciting thing to follow um, this week. I'm sure there'll be lots of people tuning into that um, from back here. Uh, right, let's move on then to uh, to the meat of today's pod, uh, which is our roundup of the FNB Premier League season. Um, and before we reveal the winners of our player of the season, young player of the season and coach of the season, let's talk through our teams of the year. Um, Rob, we're going to come to you first. 
Give us your eleven. Throw me in the deep end. Tom. Give us your eleven, and then um, yeah, Jim and uh, and Gareth can make the case for why uh, their players should be uh, ahead of yours. But uh, yeah, give us your eleven, Rob. Well, I've tried to um, get as representatives from as many clubs as I could. In um, I'm afraid I failed to get a, a reunion in this year, which is probably the first time ever in in doing these sort of things because they have been very influential in the league for several years until this last year when you know they really they really have struggled um with you, their you have also been president of the germain parry fan club haven't you over the years i have but even germain has had struggled this year he's played more like germain from um flight of the concords rather than <laughs> germain of old um no um unfortunately the reunions have struggled and um it's a bit of a sad case up there. Really the close to knowing what they're going to be doing next season in terms of Prayer or, or apparently, Jackson. Apparently, the whisper I've had is they may well be looking to play in the Jackson. Um, I, I think it's unlikely that they'll play in the Prio, but you never know. It'd be great to see if they could sort of get some of their players back from two or three years back and 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 and, and stay in the, the top the top level because the league is better for it. But um, you know. The signs weren't very weren't promising towards the end of the season when they were giving walkovers. Um, so, who knows? Who knows? Anyway, I'm going to um, bit of a goalkeeping selection was a bit of an awkward one, really, because I don't think there's been any one goalkeeper has really stood out above all above the others. Um, although Adam Bullock's obviously had a great season for Rovers, ended up going to the Upton. Um, but I'm going to go for somebody I know pretty well from my Rangers experience this year. And um, Seb Shepherd has been absolutely outstanding in the games he played. And the reason I went for him in the end was not only was he fantastic in the early part of the season, it's the way he came back to local football, having been very, very, very ill um, for quite some time in the early part of this year. And, you know, he was... It was, it was great to see him come through because he's um, his life was um, in grave danger at one period, and uh, I think you know he's such a popular lad. Um, I mean, he's had some fantastic games. There was a game early in the season when um, Rangers held North to one nil <laughs> at the KG Five, <laughs> and I remember at the end of the game, Mickey Leprevo, Alex Leprevo's father, came across it. That blimey, that bloody goalkeeper! He's the best in the island. He was absolutely fantastic that day, and. Um, he has been good and he got into the Ireland under 21 side and um, yeah, he's had a cracking season and I think there's more to come from him. Um, back four, I've got players from three different clubs. I've got the fullbacks, Sam Lahuri of Valrec, best ball distributor from that position in the Ireland football. Um, um, very combative, shall we say. Um, <laughs> Particularly verbally, I always find. <laughs> Um, and on the left-hand side, I've got my favourite left-back for quite some time. And I know Jim has sort of um, taken the mickey out of me, uh, sort of having the sort of favouritism towards him for quite a long time, um, is, is Colton Fletcher. Um, I feel sorry for him. I really do think he's a terrific left-back. And I can't understand why he's always the one who seems to be left out when the big games come around. 
but um, I love the way he plays. I think he's a real natural. And um, if I had a, if I could pick five players to sign for my team tomorrow, he would be amongst them. I think he's a terrific young player. Please bear in mind, Rob, that the transfer window doesn't open to the first of June. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want the pod to get reported to GFLM. No, no, yeah, stay off WhatsApp. No, 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 no. But um, no. Um, other central defence. Um, I thought about George Montgomery at Sylvan's long and hard. I think he's a he's a promising player, very 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 good young player coming through. But in the end, I think as a dominant centre half, you can't really get past Toby Oliverodi, who is sadly he's just now left Guernsey football. But I mean, I think if he hadn't been here for um, large part of this season, Rovers may not have won the league. I think he was, you know that. The rock at the heart of the defence, and he's a blooming good captain, really good captain. And alongside him, um, Archie Drillo continues to impress me time time again. Left-footed player, um, he is. He could perhaps consider himself a bit unlucky not to sort of um, push for an Ireland game squad place because he is, you know, consistent. He's been he's he's been excellent this year. Hard to believe, but really, it's only the last twelve months he started playing centre back. Really, he's been, he was playing left back for uh, his uh, junior career and, and his introduction into senior football yeah but I think he could go you know he could go a long way in local football um, whether he's got any interest in playing for GFC and trying his hand there I'm not sure but he's certainly impressed me for quite some time now uh, midfield three I've gone for the ever consistent Luke Muller at North you know he's Always comes up with vital goals, hard-working, tough player. Surely nobody scores more 20, 25-yard goals in a yeah. season than he does. Yeah, he doesn't do a tip, simple tappings, does he? he just, yeah, strikes the ball well, doesn't he? He's just 25-yarders and 30-yarders <laughs> into the top of the net. Um, James Grundy may well have lost his place in the Rovers' side from time to time, but um, I think he's a terrific um, ball-winning midfielder, and I think if they hadn't had him... Um, <coughs> In their squad for most of the season, I think they would have, you know, um, may not may not have won the league. But uh, I like James, um, really gets about the pitch. Um, and then two other players, I've got the central central four, who I think I've got a touch of class, is Sam Hall, you know, I'd give him a free roll. And um, Dave Rioi as well, who I think has had, um, you know, come back into lo- local football um, this season, having had, you know, Sort of, sort of ended his almost this spell with GSE, and I think he's always got a, a, a touch of class about him. And up front, um, Finn Whitmore, who again, I can't see Rovers winning the league without Finn for much of the season. And my probably my favourite um, um, striker in in domestic football for his his effort. And he's just persistent, consistency year in year out. Is Ewan Melrose at Sylvans? Really underrated player, works his socks off, scores a lot of goals, and um, I think Sylvans would, you know, if they lost him, they would be much poorer for it. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, you know, you mentioned obviously Finn and Toby there. Um, uh, yeah, sort of how much closer they'd have been able to push St Peter in the Upton if they'd have had those two players. Well, they would have certainly been better off with them. I, I, just, I don't think they would have pushed St. Peter. No, but um, as I say, I think they'd be hugely um, influential players in that side, um, particularly Finn. You know, when he's missing, they're just not the same player. Not same. They're not the same team at all. 
Thanks very much, Rob. Uh, Jim, I gather your team is, is quite similar to Rob's. Uh, yeah, what we, are your differences? We've just done a bit of uh, pre-prep before the session <laughs> and remarkable how, uh, how similar our teams were, particularly when Rob and I's um, uh, reputation is to uh, fight like cat and dog. For some reason, select, selection-wise, we, uh, uh, we, we were pretty close. So I've got a different goalkeeper. I've got Adam Bullock in goal. Um, you know, I think he's underestimated, underappreciated. He's uh, clean sheet record this season has been uh, has been incredible and um, you know although I felt for a long while he always had a kind of you know mistake in him but he seems to have uh, taken a lot of that out of his game and uh, you know he's had a really good season so I think he's a fair selection uh, at the back uh, so we've got three uh, similarities I also went for Sam Lahuri who I, I agree with Rob he's a um, uh, underrated uh, player and always a consistent performer uh, Archie Drillo is an absolute no-brainer to me uh, for this season he's been great uh, and Colton Fletcher as well uh, like Rob says you know slightly underappreciated at times but I think you know he's also you know, as good going forward as he is uh, in defence and I think he adds a lot to uh, to Rovers um, I was kind of on the fence for my fourth selection uh, and, and in the end I've, I've, I can't really split these two so we'll have to have a fitness test on the day but so I've got George Montgomery who was um, uh, you know been pretty decent all season in a struggling side uh, coming in at that level also was very good in the, uh, in the junior, junior Marathi possibly um, man of the match uh, another lad that I like is Sammy Goddard at Vale Rec uh, I think he's um, a versatile player could play at full back as, uh, yeah, again another one who seems to be fairly new to centre back but he's uh, getting on well uh, and he's got a you know, good long throw weapon as well in his game so uh, he definitely offers something uh, in midfield Luke Mollett was uh, was an obvious pick, as was Sam Hall, the you know my player of the season, undoubtedly. My third midfielder is Aidan Mackay, who uh, ended up as being Rovers captain this season, but as holding midfielder for that team, he's done a great job, and he's another player I think has been consistently uh, underrated. But he's definitely stepped up his game this year, and I interviewed him before the Upton, uh, and it was clear actually, you know, I don't really know uh, the chap particularly, but. I feel he's he's grown in confidence this season. I think whatever Kevin Gillies or the rest of his teammates at Rovers have done uh, to to back him up has has, has helped Aiden and and actually having a consistent position because he does get moved around a lot at Rovers over the years. But you know having that job of holding midfielder, as Rob says, keeping uh, James Grundy out of the team uh, for for quite a while, and uh, you know grown into the captaincy as well. And I think he's had a, a great season and uh, reaped the rewards. Uh, I've got three up front. Uh, Finn Whitmore, uh, I agree, is an obvious selection. Uh, I hear that apparently unlikely to see him next season, which will be a shame and uh, and a challenge for Rovers. But he's currently uh, travelling and enjoying himself is the uh, the vibe I heard. So uh, we'll we'll wait and see um, if and when he returns. Um, I'd partner him up front with uh, Carl Smith, who potentially, yeah, if anybody could have taken the league away from Rovers I think it would have been Carl Smith almost single-handed um in the end he was injured and I think that was a little bit of a contributory factor towards Rovers successes because North were just not the same threat uh without Kyle um you know and if he's playing for your team every game you're in it uh because he we has the possibility to uh to score goals and score great goals uh, and then my final selection to play just behind those two is uh, is Ewan Melrose, uh, like uh, like Rob. Uh, I, I felt he's um, a player who you know, doesn't necessarily get enough uh, respect. I, I hear a, a whisper that he might be, you know, considering hanging the boots up, which I think will be a real shame with with Sylvan's youth all coming through. They need a few 
good, experienced uh, old heads. And uh, I think Ewan could be a real uh, role model uh, for that team for a good couple of years. So I hope his selection encourages him to keep going if he is thinking about uh, uh, packing it in. Good stuff. No place for Saul Faller in that 11, Jim. <laughs> um, Gareth, what about you? You've got a, a few differences uh, in your 11. Well, I have got a few differences. To be fair, Rob and James see a lot more football than I do, certainly Premier League football, and usually my Saturday is taken up by being at uh, rugby or hockey. So uh, I haven't seen an awful lot. So a lot of my selections are based on sort of two or three performances almost more than anything. Um, in goal, I went for Nick Batty, who I think always is a pretty solid uh, pair of hands for Sylvans at the back. Um, like the two guys here, Archie Drillo was actually the first name on my sheet. I think he's been outstanding for North at the back. Um, I've, I've put in just a back three. Um, I've, I've put in Niall Hainsworth in there just for for the um, inf- impact and influence he had on Rovers this year because he, he basically played almost every position going throughout the season and um, he managed to fill them very, very ably and uh, I thought he, he was uh, key to their, their Prio victory and um, so I've slotted him in on the right-hand side and in between those two I've put um, another Valrec defender but not one of the guys that these two guys have gone for. I've gone for Damien Larkin who I think's just... Um, He's just a very dependable guy. He's he's one of those guys who will always give you a seven or eight out of ten performance every week, and um, his pace helps him out as well. He's a, he's a very quick guy, and um, he played a couple of times in central midfield for them, sort of in a holding midfield role, and did well there as well. He, he sort of caught my eye the couple of times I saw Wreck. Um, um, real breakthrough season for Niall Hainsworth, I would have said. I suppose the challenge for him and for Rovers next year is where's he going to nail down a position. Because, you know, we all know him historically as a, as a youngster playing on the wing. Rovers decided he was going to be a midfielder this season. Then he ended up at right back and then he finished the season at centre-back. So he's shown his versatility. But I guess, you know, he probably needs to nail down one spot and say, uh, this is me for the future. And really, I'd like to see him kick on. Mm. Yeah, moving into midfield, um, the guys went Luke Mollett and Sam Hall. I've got both of those on my list as well. Um, I've... Gone with George Mason in centre midfield just to the fact that he, the influence he has on Saints when he plays is huge. He hasn't played that many games this season, but you could tell the difference he made to that side when he was involved. And I think it was sort of largely due to him being around sort of like in the mid-season that Saints got back on track and managed to, to get that last wee-way spot because they weren't looking particularly good for it for in the early stages of the season. I, I agree. Say, I, agree. Yeah. I would have certainly had him in my team if he'd have played... A full season because mm. Saints for George in the middle are so much so, so much better. Yeah, and when he returned, he clearly had a, a, a massive impact. And uh, I've got to say, I wasn't overjoyed to come up against him in the Jackson early. <laughs> <laughs> what a battle that must have been! But, well, he, he was. I, it wasn't me personally. I'm relieved to say, but uh, he was clearly back for game time in the Jackson. But I don't know if it uh, if uh, 90 minutes against Indies tested him particularly. <laughs> Um, just to finish off my midfield, another Rovers guy, um, Charlie Platt, who just every time I saw him, he seemed to be posing a threat to whoever he was playing against. Um, I can't remember who they were playing against that one day. St. Martins. St. Martins, when he was just absolutely marauding down that right wing and kept laying on, it on a plate for anyone who wanted to score. And nobody seemed to want to score that day. But yeah, he was, uh, he was outstanding that day. And he always seems to um, sort of have a few couple of moments of brilliance every game, to be honest. Uh, and he was the pick of the Rovers Ultras as their player of the season. Uh, He's th- a nice player. Yeah. Nice player. Yeah. yeah. Um, up front, continuing the Rovers theme, Finn Whitmore, I, I do think, has such a huge influence on that side. He, he's, um, I still remember that game at Blanchbeer Lane where he was absolutely outstanding. He didn't score that day, but he, he would terrorise the Saints' defence, and um, he can do that to pretty much anybody. Um, 
I've gone with uh, Max Simpson Cohen, who scored. I think it was the Rovers' top scorer in the end of the season. He was the league's top scorer, twenty-four top goals. Scorer. Yeah, and um, he obviously benefited from playing alongside Finn for part of that season. But he continued to score goals um, once Finn had gone. And just a quick shout out: I thought Martin Savanagh had a decent season when he played centre mid, uh, centre forward. Once Finn went, uh, he hasn't made my side though, so <laughs> unfortunately for him. Um, the final guy in my eleven is Jacob Marston Pippo. I thought it's been really good for for Vale Rec. Um, he always poses a threat and he scored probably the best goal I saw all this this season um, which was at Blanche I'm thinking that was this season wasn't it when they beat Saints from 4-0 down and beat them 5-4 and he scored an absolute screamer from out on that uh, on that right wing sort of into the far corner it was an absolute belter it's sort of the one that sticks in my mind anyway um, so that's my 11 the one guy I'll give a quick shout out to is probably the best player I saw in the Pro League was Brandon Wallace but because he's been mainly involved in uh, GFC, um, I, I sort of just just opted to leave him out on this occasion, but um, I'll, I'll give him a, a bit of a shout out as well. Yeah, well, perhaps we'll um, we'll put together a bit of a composite uh, composite kind of Guernsey Press Football Writers Eleven, which we can put on social media later if you guys can agree between you on uh, who makes the final no cut there. <laughs> what, what me and Rob are fine nowadays. So it's, all, it's all about Gareth. Um, yeah, fantastic. Well, let's reveal the uh, winners of our, our three awards, the, the two playing awards, player of the season and young player of the season. I think most most of the um, uh, the guys that, that picked up votes here uh, have made your 11 somewhere. Um, we went out to the Premier League coaches and got them um, to give us our top three um, across the player and young player. And um, uh, yeah, with three points for, for a number one pick down to one, if you're the third pick. Um, just to mention some of the names who came up there, perhaps who didn't feature in those 11s. Um, there were votes for in the player of the year um, award. Miles Hardill got a vote. Glenn Atissier as well. Callum Lalasha, Simon Marley. Um, but the top three tied for, well, I suppose joint second, joint third, depending which way you want to look at it, um, were Max Simpson-Cohen and Jacob Marston and Pepe. So the uh, Premier League player of the season, though, this year um, from us is Sam Hall. I don't think there'll be any uh, disagreements in the room there. Um, as for the young players, um, a few votes uh, spread around as well there. George Montgomery got a few. Uh, Saul Fowler as well um, got the nod uh, from one of the coaches. Um, but the top uh, three there, or in fact tied for third place in that award, were Charlie Platt and Finn Duport. Um, second place, Owen Woolbridge. Um, and I think you can probably guess uh, the winner of the Young Player of the Year uh, award from us is Archie Drillo. Um, and someone yeah who earned a lot of praise from you guys there yeah someone yeah who you think will be uh, winning some representative senior honours sooner rather than later or is it hard to tell in terms of well the, the I guess stuff? it's down to him largely I think if he's one of those guys who says right I fancy a bit of that GFC stuff puts himself down to Victoria Avenue every week for training and commits himself there I could see him forcing his way into the squad let's face it at some point there's likely to be a left-sided vacancy in, in the um, right Donnie's not getting any younger <laughs> yeah so uh, maybe he could uh, aim to fill those shoes in due course and yeah. Tom Voden of course this season made the step up um, pretty seamlessly and has, has looked at a very dependable player at a young age at that level so um, yeah it can be done yeah um, Quick word on the coach of the season. Um, uh, there were votes for four uh, coaches, uh, which is quite interesting, from their um, fellow Preley bosses. Um, but the winner by some clear margin uh, for coach of the year, Kevin Gillies. 
Um, so congratulations to him and congratulations to the, the three winners. Yeah, um, three uh, well-deserving winners. Yeah, no surprise that, that Kevin should uh, should get the nod, but he's done a, a great job in not bringing together as such because that Rovers group is very tight. But, uh, you know, he's done a, a great job just ke- keeping them on the road. And uh, I th- you know, think that they've overcome the few setbacks that... Uh, that they had um, the Rovers presentation evening took place on Saturday, and uh, it seems that uh, any time there's any negativity in the press about Rovers, they, uh, Kevin does take it to heart, but he uses it positively to inspire his team, uh, judging from his speech. So uh, fair play. <laughs> I think well, he wasn't around ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Rob, he did quote your piece from ten years. <laughs> Um, but I think we should just say a shout out to all the Prio coaches because it is a uh, very demanding and uh, sometimes thankless job and football would be in a poorer place without them. So uh, uh, heads up to them all. I think I asked this question on our final pod last year, but just sort of casting an eye ahead to next season, given the way things are sort of shaping up. Um, who do you think's best place to, uh, to, to do well? Well, <laughs> You know, you'd expect Rovers to be strong again, but with Finn's not going to come back, that will be a big blow if they don't have him at all. And a big factor will be, I suppose, Carl, Carl Smith again. If Carl Smith's playing most of the season for whatever club, he's going to make a big difference. If that's for North, well, they are going to be very, very strong. They still got a lot of young, good young players, North. Um, and of course, we don't know if... if how many or if any of the current GFC squad um, decide to you know, filter back into domestic football after this year's Ireland Games, one or two might, you know, and they may make a lot of difference. But I think you'll see um, North Rovers will be probably the two strongest. And if I had to put money on now, somebody, I'd probably go with North. And Saints have got to try and recapture that mojo, haven't they? I mean, I think nobody would have foreseen the way they kind of uh, fell off a cliff after their uh, invincible season, um, the season before <clears throat> before last. Uh, the other thing is that that's uh, an issue, perhaps, is the uh, what transfer activity there might be at the Corbett Field, which is uh, whispered about uh, at the moment. So we'll see w- what emerges there. I mean, yeah, this season there was very much a a top four and a bottom four. Uh, yeah, two teams in the bottom four who. Look to you'd be going places moderately with, with Sylvans and Rangers, so they've got to keep on uh, that momentum. However, that might um, might present itself, and you know, and Bells have got to uh, you know have already started some of their. Um, uh, you've, they know they've got a lot of work to do, and they've already started that. And um, in, you know, in terms of their uh, social media presence, uh, I think they're making it clear that they recognise they've got work to do, and so uh, good luck to them all. Jim, you mentioned St. Peter at the top. Um, yeah, a bit of feedback from them after their tremendous season, but they didn't quite um, sort of see it out uh, in the way that they sort of looked to at one point um, because, uh, yeah, they had a good tussle with Grievel in the Cups and it ended up with Grievel winning the Jeremy uh, to add to their WeWay crown this season. So, um, yeah, a good battle there. Yeah, same scoreline as well, wasn't it? Um, and... Uh I see Carl Hines uh, scored in that late in that game to give him his fiftieth uh, goal of the season. Uh, anybody who saw his substitute appearance in the Marathi will, might be quite surprised at that stat. But uh, yeah, fair play to him. Uh, I think look, again, St. Peter have said uh, at the end of uh, at the end of that uh, that you know, those games against Grooville, we you know we are the two best teams in the Channel Islands, and you know one of our challenges over the next 12 months and beyond is to get get a, you know some Guernsey sides pushing uh, at that highest level as well we can't 
let uh, the Upton continue to be a, a, a one-sided, uh, one-sided walkover. You know, our best teams have really got to go toe-to-toe with Jersey's best. You know, we can't use the Bulls and GFC excuse anymore. Well, quite. I mean, yes, Saints winning the Upton last season, you know, they, they, they did look a class above. Um, but yeah, this season it's been, uh, it's well, been all made They track. did at times. I mean, that game, though, was far less comfortable than it should have been at the end, wasn't it? Because Jason Martin made several great saves in that game when it looked like the Saints were, were coasting it. So, uh, you know, Jersey teams do show organisation, pattern of play and resilience. And that's something that our teams... And I feel that some of our teams are working their way towards it. But as Rovers showed in the Upton, sadly, there is a bit of a gap and it's got to be it's got to be addressed. Just one other line from Jersey. Um, saw over the weekend that um, one of their young players is signed for Swansea, Sammy Henia Kamau, um, who uh, had been at St. Peter. He's won a lot of age group ratties in the last couple of years. Um, someone who, who, who played um, uh, up in the, uh, the older age groups, quite young. So congratulations to him. Good opportunity. Yeah, uh, so it'll be interesting to see um, his progress over there. I think that is just about it from us then for the season. Uh, we will, of course, be right across the island games this summer, uh, well, in just a few weeks' time. Um, so expect plenty of football coverage around there uh, and hopefully a full football preview pod as well before that tournament kicks off at the start of July. Otherwise, thanks very much for all your contributions, guys, um, throughout the season. Uh, it's been really good fun. And thank you for your hosting. <laughs> thank you for your hosting, Tony, because I just wanted to make sure that was recognised by by all our fans on social media. It is a team game. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting. Uh, no, it's been great. Uh, thanks to everyone for uh, yeah sticking with us throughout the season. And uh, yeah, here's to more um, next season. Cheers, Cheers guys. Guys. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>